Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. How's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn from Go Long here with my partner in crime, Jim Monas, for a little Super Bowl 55 edition of the Go Long podcast. Jim, the people want to know how you're holding up. How you doing? I need. I appreciate everybody looking out for me. Um, things are okay. You know, it's part of it's part of it's what, why they call it gambling. You win some, you lose some. And you got to move on to the next day. We got a good college basketball slate today. We got some NBA tonight. You know, you just got to get back on the horse. <laughs> you know, you take, you know, you take that little gut punch, and you got to keep moving. But man, sometimes, sometimes you want games like that. It's better the game to be that way than a close game, and you get your heart ripped out at the end. And you know, hey, that was it. There was no denying that who the best team was, who the best coach team was, every single phase of the game. And I can, you know what, hey, sometimes you're just wrong. And this wasn't even close. You know what, it's weird. I mean, we've talked a lot about this game and, you know, I've, I've written stories about it that go along. I mean, it, maybe we should have kind of like listened to ourselves talk because we were like, we thought we were rationalizing about Tampa Bay, right? Like they can win if, if this happens, if that happens. And it makes a lot of sense. Like they get pressure without blitzing. Um, they're physical in the secondary. They run the ball well. They work play action off of that. Tom Brady, historically, this is what we did kind of miss, off of three interception games. I mean, he's, like, perfect. Um, maybe we should have seen this coming because we did talk about it, but what what an absolute ass-kicking by Tampa Bay. I mean, start to finish, like you said, they just they just punched Kansas City in the mouth and, and, and never let up. 
it's a, it's a great point by you. We kind of, you covered it basically with the story on uh, Davis, and basically the, the secret to success for, for Tampa was let's just get physical with them and let's see what happens. And it, that's what they did. Now, you know, you can't predict on how the Chiefs are going to game plan and try to protect their quarterback. They didn't give these, you know, they didn't give that offensive line much help. But I don't think it was just the tackles getting beat. I mean, it looked like the inside was getting beat. I mean, Mahomes was running all over the place just trying to make throws, and then they're dropping balls. I mean, think about some of the drops they had on some of the greatest throws you'll ever see nobody's talking about. I mean, he still was playing at a high level, high enough, I thought, early to keep them in the game or maybe get a lead. And it just never materialized for them where they just never made those plays. And then they just couldn't defensively. The Chiefs really had no answer for Tampa. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because those are the the moments that will get lost in time, right? When it's still a game, you had Patrick Mahomes running around. I think it was it was a third down. Somehow gets it off to Tyree Kill. That hits him in the helmet. You have Travis Kelsey later in the first half. Mahomes, another insane escape right off his hands. And then, obviously, when the game was starting to get away from Kansas City, but still, I mean, that that was – I mean, that, I love the Walt Goodman dodgeball reference that people were throwing around. When, when Patrick Mahomes is, is, is horizontal with the turf, he's, like, literally horizontal and just flings it to Darrell Williams right off his face mask. I mean, it's especially the two, the two earlier ones. Maybe they even missed a drop in there, Jim. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a different game if they come yeah. down with one of those. And I agree. That's, that's all I kept thinking when you're watching. And then, and then obviously the penalties. So you're talking right. about drop balls, penalties. Well, you're not beating, you're not beating Tom Brady that way. Right. Sorry. And, and it was just, you're sitting there watching the game. You're like, oh, wow, this, they're not going to win. Like, they're not going to do this. Like, you can't play that way. Yeah. And you know what? Like, even with the penalties, which that was kind of a suspect DPI, even with the drops, I just feel like Tampa Bay was so physical and just mauling them at the line of scrimmage that eventually, like however that game would have gone, they they would have just won because of that just physical domination. And I I don't know. I want to get your take on this too, Jim. Like t- to me, that was the takeaway that th- this game. I mean, I. I it reminded me of the Legion of Boom against Peyton Manning. And, and remember that Super Bowl when they just beat the snot out of Denver. I mean, and Denver's offense was unbelievable that season. I mean, they're hanging 30, 40 on teams every week. And we kind of thought that the Legion of Boom was like this little moment in time of football history. Like right, right in this era when every rule and everything's against the defense, the flags, the fines. I mean, they want to protect these quarterbacks at all costs. And, I mean, you hear me bitch and complain about it all the time. I mean, I all the time, too much. And, you know, I'm talking to Jonathan Abram about it, Vince Williams, Andy Janovich, all these guys. It's just like, oh, man, football's not what it used to be. It's not this war of attrition like it used to be. The Super Bowl, the biggest sports spectacle on the planet, and it wasn't a war of attrition. I mean, that was – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just showed everybody you can still punch a team in the mouth. You can still play physical. There is a middle ground, and I'm stunned. Like, I did not think – I know the offensive line being decimated is a major factor here, but um, it, it's it's a win for the for the sport to me. I mean, it's a win. That, football is still football. Watching that, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you can still win with defense. You can still win by hitting 
the other team as hard as you possibly can because they did it for three hours. What I think is interesting with that, I completely agree that Tampa, the more physical team won, and you can flip it, Tampa's offensive line, I thought, dominated KC. And that's another sign of just, hey, we are going to take it to you in every way. The way they ran the ball against KC, they, I feel like they could have run the ball all night on it. They weren't stopping them, and and then that just set up every play action. The the interesting thing to me early were when they got stopped on the goal line. I was surprised they didn't go with Fournette in that situation. You know, just yeah. you know, that's just what he is. That's what he he's like meant for that. But other than that, other than that stop that the Chiefs had, I don't I don't really see them ever slowing that running game down. And then Brady Brady in play action is with no pressure. I mean, come on, that's shooting free throws. It is. It really is. I mean, that's that's what he looked like. Honestly, he was in a gym shooting free throws. I mean, it was yeah. like yeah. there was no pressure. It was dude, we were going to dictate. And Bruce Arians and Leftwich and that coaching staff and Bowles and Goodwin. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. People, Todd Bowles was not that bad of a coach with the Jets. And mm-hmm. if you really look, you know, it's, sometimes you're just set up for failure in, in certain places and. The Jets was not set up for success with him, I don't think. I don't think it was his fault. I would love to see a guy like him get another chance. No doubt. I mean, and such a good point on Bray. Talk about a tale of just two pockets for these two quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is (laughs) – he's running around for his life. I mean, literally. I mean, he's he's running 20, 30 yards in his own backfield, reversing field and and, and almost completing these insane plays. And – Tom Brady, it looked like he didn't even break a sweat at any moment. They'd, they'd zoom in on him, and, and he, he looked like he really wasn't tired. Like he was just completely unbothered. Like you said, running the ball, working a little play action. And when you watch, just, when Mahomes runs around, and you're you're watching it, and he's running around, you're saying, oh, my God, what is going to happen? You know, it can't be good. Somehow, I don't know how he does it. He did this in college, too, because I used to question it. I'm like, I don't understand how he's making these throws. Like, you can't get away with this. He does. Like, he still can get – I don't know how he makes these throws. I don't know how he gets out of trouble like he does. But, obviously, it was just – last night was just too much. And 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 they had no running game. Um, They didn't try. try. They didn't try. They didn't try. Like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, there was – he had a big run at the start of the second half. You could see him Mm – getting a little frustrated too. I don't know if you notice his body language. Like, yeah. come on, man, let, let, let's get this. That's like last resort for Andy Reid, right? He does not want to run the ball. He does. It's like absolute plan Z for him in that kind of game is to Second run the half. ball. But he should have done see, it. It's, that's the different with a team that always is up. You know, the Chiefs yeah. are so used to being up, and then we'll run at the end of the game, and it's like, okay, now we're panicking. We're not scoring. We're not scoring. So it was – I, it was just a complete, I mean, you know, we always, I always used to think about uh, Venus and Serena Williams whenever they would get ready to play in tennis. Yeah. You would be so excited, but the, it, it never was really that good of a final. That, that was, you know, that was last night. That was just, and, and to your, and not to take away from Tampa, it was awesome to watch how good they played, but their physical dominance on both sides was just, it, it was old school. Like we're just taking it to you tonight. It was, it was. So, so you're telling me running game does matter, right, Jim? It mattered. It, it, it mattered. It protected the quarterback and kept it clean, and, and we said it helps. It helps. I mean, if you're Josh Allen, you're, you're probably getting pressured like crazy in that game too. I mean, the, so like we talked about with Buffalo to bring it back to the local, they got to find a running back. I mean, I, I know that they're probably going to want to go defense first round. You know, Sean McDermott's always looking for a 
a piece there. But if, if Najee Harris, if, if ETN, if there's a guy you like there, this game is more proof that you, you do need a running back still. At some point in a postseason, as good as you are as an offense and as a quarterback, you need a running. I mean, th- that was a moment the Chiefs could have really used a running game, the Super Bowl, and they didn't have it, and they didn't really care to have it. No, and I, I thought that was interesting, too. Like, even through the first quarter, I kept thinking, okay, let's see if the Chiefs change it up a little bit because you could tell they were struggling to protect. All right, let's see if they come out and try to establish a little bit. And I thought they did a little bit um, with Edwards, but it wasn't anything that Tampa knew it wasn't real. Like, it was like, yeah, they're just running the run. They're not really trying to set anything up. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they want to throw Williams the ball. He's a good back. I like Daryl Williams. I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, they didn't even – try him uh they they have some options there and it's like with that pass rush you tell me Jim but isn't that when you can't block anybody and you don't want to max protect you kind of have to run the ball right I mean I, that's the only thing I kept thinking is like why wouldn't you at least just try to see where it could lead you know see where it leads yeah you got to do something different and you're it's hard to, it's hard to accept when you're such a dominant team like the Chiefs have been offensively mm-hmm. and passing the ball is so easy for them but that protection, the protection's a real thing. I mean, we all know that. It's it, offense, defense, a line. And just why I, I love this game, it, because it reminds me of the 90s. Any time football reminds me of what we grew up on, I just – I love it. I mean, look at the nine, Super Bowls in the 90s, Jim. I mean, if if the Bills lean on Thurman Thomas against the Giants, they win. Like I'm trying, I'm, I'm thinking randomly here. If the Packers just handed the Dorsey Levens against Denver and San Diego, I mean Levens was running like crazy, but they were stubborn against that Denver pass rush. You know, Greg Robinson was blitzing like crazy, and they just tried to throw, 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 throw. They, you know, and they lose at the end of the game. Um, sometimes you do have to swallow your ego, swallow your pride, and I don't know. It's I get it. Like it's tough for Andy Reid to do that when you've got Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek, and Travis Kelsey, and Watkins, and McCall Hart, all these weapons, but, like, I think that, you know, if he would have just, you know, it was a blowout, right, 31 to 9, but if if any if anything could have given them a chance, it's swallowing your pride and changing up your game plan a hell of a lot earlier than they did, if they even did at any point. And the personal foul, like, Chris Jones on that, you know, they got him for that little, you know, which is interesting that they got him for that. It, I'm surprised Jensen's known. Jensen's been like that his whole life, his whole career. He was like that in college where, where it always was borderline dirty player. And I'm not saying he did anything dirty last night, but he obviously pissed off Chris Jones because they get the retaliation penalty, which we know in high school, right? I mean, it goes all the way back, right? Don't, yeah. If you retaliate, they're probably going to get you. And that when that play happened, I was like, wow, the Chiefs are rattled. Like, they are flustered. They're like, there's no reason for Chris Jones to do that. Like, come on, man. You, you've played. You, you're a champion. You're a Super Bowl champ. You're one of the best D tackles in the football. Other than Aaron Donald, you might be the best defensive tackle in the football. And for him to to get not get them off the field, you know, and keep that drive going, and it just nothing nothing seemed right for the Chiefs last night. Another moment they were rattled. I mean, Tyron Matthew. Like, when was the last time you saw him lose his mind? Like he. And he deleted the tweet, I think, but, like, he tweeted late last night um, that Tom Brady said something to him that he's not going to repeat and that there's basically a reason that he lost his shit out there. 
I would love to try to catch up with him this offseason again and, and just figure out what was said on that field because I've never seen him. I mean, he is a cerebral, calm player who knows the moment. I mean, when he lost it, Brady, I don't know what Brady said, but that was another moment. It's like, man, the, the Chiefs are, are they're, they're losing it. You know, this is this is a meltdown. This is like a Will Ferrell movie meltdown. I mean, what? Everything's going wrong. They're losing their composure. And, you know, to see Brady get like that, I don't, I can't really think of that many times when you see Brady, you know, you see some chirping maybe, but that was like, you could tell it was personal with those two for a little bit. And I think it was, I can't remember the account, Dolph Kleeman maybe. Anyways, whoever Tara Matthew like tweeted, quote tweeted, like, you know, you guys have no idea what Brady told me. The person responded and said, well, you know, you should probably say what he what he said because people are going to draw some conclusions. I think we all know what we're talking about there. So then he deleted it. So I, I don't think it was that, which is that good. Not. But, I mean, diabolical, right? I mean, Tom Brady said something like that. <laughs> he must have said something that's just Kobe-esque or who knows? Who knows? And, you know, and th- that safety for Tampa Winfield, oh. you know, I I was so upset that they gave him a penalty oh, on that. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, that's not right. Because then the offense should get – like, Hill should have got a penalty when he did that, you know, when they played them, when he gave him a little peace sign. Like, then that should be a penalty. Because seriously, I know he got in his face and it was a little more direct than Hill's was. But it's – you can't – the defense – I'm telling you, they don't let defense – you can't do anything on defense. You really can't. But anyway, I just love the way Winfield was hitting. Those guys were just, you know, we've talked about White forever, you know, now we've, we've been on, you know, it's like how much more you need to see out of these linebackers. And Pierre Paul was what we thought. And Shaq Barrett is just a mon. Like, it was just complete physical domination. It was great. I mean, that one, maybe one of the most things I hate, what I hate most about the the officiating and the flags and what's called is, that isn't rewarded. Look, let's let's just reward a good taunt today. Like, how perfect was that? The the timing, the content, the execution. Like, <laughs> Tyreek Hill literally put a piece side in Winfield's face, backflip, taunted, mocked him. You know, he's picking up the phone. You know, help is on the way, and you stopped him on fourth down with three minutes to go. Hell yeah, you should be able to put that peace sign right in his face. Like, and he has this shitty grin on his face. Like, that's I, that's what I'm going to remember most from this game. If I'm thinking of like a lasting image, it's going to be Antoine Winfield Jr. just sticking that peace sign at Tyreek, and the flag that is just oh, come on NFL. I every time we want to love you, you got to do just you know come on competition. Let's reward this. Give him a give him a you know give him fifty grand or something. Like you always feel like the NFL is so close to getting it right. Like yeah. they're really close. Just that wasn't that bad. No. Like, you gotta know the history of it and you know, I, I it, to flag a guy like that and I don't it just is frustrating. I thought that I mean I like Tony Romo, but I thought it was a pretty poorly broadcast game as well. Oh, like I wanted to ask you pace right then and I wanted to ask you, I thought Romo seemed off last night. He did. He did. I don't feel like he was on his game at all. Like I, I he was unless maybe it was just me. And I'm not. I don't care about the like predicting of plays and all that crap. That doesn't matter. 
I, he just wasn't given his usual um, really good like perspective from he's such a brilliant you know quarterback mind, and he wasn't giving. I was I was looking for more. Give us more on why the Chiefs weren't protecting you know helping the tackles out. You know why were the Chiefs not able to get the ball down the field? And I know they touched on a little bit with deep zones and the side. You know they were protecting the sidelines and deep, which finally somebody did against Kansas City. Love seeing how they, you know, finally somebody said we are going to double and not let Hill beat us. You know Kelsey did his thing obviously, but you can't try hard to take both of them out. But they decided to take Hill the big, you know, take Hill out and let's see what happens. It was weird. I mean, I know the content isn't exactly that great for Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like an exciting back-and-forth game, but, like, no, no energy, not clear oh, little insight. It was, I think it was in the first quarter or second quarter. It might have been second quarter. And Jim Nance, they were doing that corny thing that everybody does, like, oh, I think Brady might have a career. I think he might have a future yeah. in the NFL. I, I roll my eyes at that, too. I wanted to I wanted to turn – well, I basically did turn the TV off in the second quarter. I didn't even watch the second half. But um, that was – that was I was like, these guys are too good for that. That's some cornball material. You're paying them how much money to <laughs> – And that's what you're giving us? And that's what you're – yeah. Well, you know what was even worse than that? Like – and this is this kind of extends beyond the broadcast. I thought – you know, ESPN, NFL Network, um, the coverage up to this game, that Britt Reed incident, I mean, it was the first thing Andy Reid brought up himself. And one of one of our subscribers, Randy Williams, who was just fantastic, we had a discussion thread going during the game, and he made this point. I thought it was spot on. He called it borderline journalist, journalism malpractice, that, that it was so brushed under the rug. I mean, it was like – not even mentioned, like hardly even acknowledged, like what happened in this little girl whose life is on the line. I mean, it absolutely is relevant. Absolutely. I mean, this is a coach for the team involved with this terrible tragedy. Like, and when Jim Nance mentioned it, like at the end of the game, it was almost like he was bothered by it. Like, oh, I, I guess I got to mention this. You know, I got, I got, I got to go, you know, do the lawn. I got to go take the trash. Let's get this out of the way. Tony Romo didn't add anything. Um, it's sickening. It really is sickening. I feel like that's a great point. Um, it was really hard to believe that. And, and there must have been something talked about that, hey, we are not discussing this. But I don't understand why. And it's okay, you know, it's it's a horrible thing. And But it's a real thing. You're talking about Andy Reid's a father. His son has been through a lot. Obviously, his other son's past, you know, he's been through a lot as a father. And his son, Britt, now is about to maybe go to jail. We don't know. But you don't think that plays a part in, in, in his whole, I mean, I, look, we're fathers. You know, anybody that's a father, how can you not, like, think about your son right now? Like, and, and, and that family, you know, and, and how tragic this is. And I agree. I can't believe they wouldn't talk about how hard that must be for Andy Reid to even coach a game like that. And they played like they weren't. They played like they were disoriented, like as a, right. as a team, like they weren't in sync. They, you know, with the penalties, and it was just chaos. They just didn't seem like the same Chiefs team we've seen. It absolutely has to weigh on your mind if you're the head coach of the freaking team. Like it's absolutely relevant, one hundred percent. And it's just, I, I get it. You know, the NFL wants us all to wave the pom poms and be cheery and happy and wake up and you know, like. 
there's a, I got a lot of friends that work at the network, and they do a fan. They've got some great journalists there. They really do. They do a really good job in print and on TV. But it just goes. It's just a reminder that it's state run. You know what I mean? It's it, it's they were, the league itself putting content out. They're, they're not going to bring up this massive storyline because it hurts the shield, the brand. My friend that works for the NFL Network, um, and we, you know who I'm going to talk about. I yeah. won't say his name, but he told me they were they were told not to talk about it. Unbelievable. They weren't. Yep. All all the shows on it. Yeah. That's why it wasn't being discussed. I, I don't know why the NFL thought. I just it's just to me is like. Hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay to talk about that. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And like, I'm I'm disappointed that um, Andy Reid, you know, didn't really just didn't even look like himself. I mean, it, it almost. I wonder if he. I wonder how much. I, I just would love to know. I mean, I, I would have to think it weighed on him heavily. I mean, the only comparison that I can really draw is. Joe Philbin in 2011, uh, before the mm-hmm. Packers played the Giants, you know, they're 15 and one, they're rolling. Their offense is pretty similar to the Chiefs' offense and just scoring at will that season. And the offensive coordinator's son dies tragically. I mean, college student at near, uh, I think it was in Oshkosh, nearby school, and awful, awful death. And it was, you know, players are going to a funeral on Friday. I think it was the first funeral that Aaron Rodgers had ever been to in his life. And, you you could feel it. it. It affected the players in that locker room. Clearly affected Joe Philbin. I mean, he just lost his son, and now he's like, he's not there during the week, obviously. And now you're coaching a football game, and and schematically too. I mean, they just not having around hurt. So I think, you know, we talk a lot about humans. This game being played by humans, and it doesn't get much more human than what the Reeds and what that family and everybody involved is is going through. And to, I mean, it was almost. It, yeah, the, the 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 fact that it doesn't even get mentioned, it, it makes me just sick of my stomach. Yeah, don't know how we transition out of that, Jim. But um, well, I think I don't know if there's much more to talk about with that game. I mean, I, the one thing I mean, I yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like you know, Tom Brady. We're gonna be talking about him for weeks, for months, for years. Um, I hate you know bringing up oh what does this do for his legacy, but it's seven rings. I mean, it's what does this game mean for him yeah. and how we he'll be remembered? Because as much as we're talking about the defense, clearly they're the reason the Buccaneers won. Years from now, we're not going to remember that you know <laughs> that you know JPP batted a ball down at the line of scrimmage or Shaq Barrett had four quarterback hits. We're we're going to remember that Tom Brady won a ring without Bill Belichick. It was number seven, and, and when it's all said and done, maybe he has eight or nine. It's just so hard to do to just sign a guy in the off season. And just think you're going to plug him in and you're going to get the magic that, you know, it's just not that easy to do. I mean, we've seen how many teams sign guys and think it's just going to cure everything. And there's so much more that goes into it. His his ability to bring a team together and for those guys, for that offense, to see probably how hard he works and how committed he is to winning and what it takes to actually win. I think Arian said that. It's like, hey, we had a talented team here that didn't know how to win. And Brady came in and showed them, guys, this is what it's going to take. And they just, they know. They're like, hey, he knows what it takes. I'm going to do everything I can because I'm not letting Brady down. We've talked about this on the show, how the Saints, when I was with them, and Doug was with Roethlisberger and those guys, you don't let your quarterback down when you know he's doing everything right. And that that team played like that. They know, hey, if we protect Brady, 
he will complete the pass. Hey, if we get after Mahomes, our offense will take care of things. And it was just, it was awesome. Like, it really was kind of awesome to see. Like, they are a really damn good football team. They're loaded. And everybody who scored a touchdown for Tampa Bay is in Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski twice, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. Like, he was kind of the general man. I know Jason Light did, has done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Stuff at James he really Brady. has. But Brady was kind of the assistant GM. Like, like he's bringing these guys over. Fournette yeah. was amazing. I mean, Fournette was – I mean, he was bottled up two, three times at the line and and just busted through. But Agreed. you got to give Brady credit there for, for – Helping them bring in this talent and such a great point there, Jim. I think like we don't we only see what happens on on Sundays. We don't see what happens during the week. He is just setting such a just such such a such a tone, such a precedent. Like this this is how it's done day in and day out. That they just didn't get the quarterback before. And even when they went through that you know slight little rough spell, whenever after that, I think they started out seven and two and then had some you know little you know some ups and downs. But if you notice, Brady never, you know, he never, never gets flustered. He never loses his mind in the media. He never panics. He he knew, you know, and the team feeds off that. Where they'll see him every day. Hey guys, we're okay. Like promise you, we're okay. We we need. Hey, we need to fine tune some things right now. That's what it's all about. Let's let's get this prepared for the playoffs, and we're gonna make our run. And you know, to have you know, not Jameis Winston. That's just not him. You know, he's a loose cannon. He had no. He didn't have that ability to keep guys calm. And plus, obviously, he's not hes not the same guy that Brady is. I mean, as far as turning the ball over and preparing, probably nobody can do what Brady does like that. But it's such a its such a credit to that coaching staff and Brady as well that they, they, they prepared this team to make the run in the playoffs. Let's be at our best and peak at the playoffs. And they were. Man, when they were 7-5 and five out of that Chiefs loss, um, I, I didn't – I couldn't really get to the bottom of this. I asked around a little bit, but Trent Dilfer, he, he kind of knows Brady to an extent. And in that Q&A, maybe people saw it. Like, he heard that Brady's speaking up behind the scenes. You know, like, he's really the one that turned that around. And he's like, if you believe in, you know, Team of Destiny, Magic, all that stuff, then believe in the Buccaneers because he just – he did something. He said something. Like, Bruce Arians kind of referenced it a little bit in press conferences at the time. Like, yeah, there's one guy who – spoke up and, and got it rolling it's Tom Brady at 43 years old and, and what a run to take down Taylor Heineke first I mean I mean un, un, unbelievable quarterback you're beating in your first game you know what's funny though he played you know when, when I watched those yeah, games back yeah. in grip he played incredible in that game Heineke like right. I can't I don't even I forgot how well he played I'm glad you brought that up because he really did play it was Evan White on the field remember but still like you know everybody else is out there and he probably played I mean Aaron Rodgers I guess probably had a better game than him but like as well as you could expect against Tampa Bay in the playoffs from any quarterback uh but for Brady to take down Drew Brees Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes um I mean nothing else needs to be said and what a you know that Brady's eating this but he loves it like he loves it Aaron Rodgers winning MVP he sees everybody talking about Patrick Mahomes as no doubt God's gift and you know what was was my favorite moment next next to Antoine Winfield with the peace sign Jim like I don't know if you you were probably in bed right you turned it off but like the celebration afterwards on the field so Brady shakes uh, Steve Spagnuolo's hand and you know who you know Spags 
basically puts his arms up like, ah, what, what can I do against you? And then he, he greets um, Patrick Mahomes. They share a moment. And then Brady just hugs Devin White like, thank God I have you on my team. But immediately, like, CBS goes to commercial, and it's State Farm, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. It's like <laughs> – Here's Brady winning a seventh Super Bowl, like just celebrating this all. Oh, but here's those other two quarterbacks that we've been talking about nonstop that we think are the the present and the future of the position. They're they're just in commercials while Brady's just winning another ring. So Brady will just keep winning rings. Everybody else can have their MVPs and their you know half billion dollar contracts and all that other crap. Do you think Brady comes back? Oh, absolutely. He said he is. I do too. I know. I do too. I think he's. I mean, people close to him think he's going to at least go to 45. And then when he gets to 45, if he still has the arm strength, if a team still wants him, you know he's going to want to get to 50, right? Like, as crazy as that sounds, right? You can't say, yeah, you can't put anything past him at this point. He's going to want 10 Super Bowls. He's going to want to win 10 now. It's it's just now it's like if you're Mahomes and you know as we always talk about is he going to be the greatest ever? It's like after that after that game he's probably like shit. How the hell did he get to this many Super Bowls and win this many Super Bowls? Like this isn't easy. It is not easy. It's hard to make the playoffs every year. Yeah. Let alone the Super Bowl. Like it's he's on a whole other atmosphere. And to get knocked down, beat up in some of those games. I mean just. Soul crushing Super Bowl losses, those three. Mm. I mean, easily oh, yeah. could have won those three, but like just demoralizing. Like, what I'd love to know, like, what is going through his head that next morning and the morning that, like, that week? Like, how do you just say, all right, let's go do this again? Like, let's climb that mountain again. It's, it, it's remarkable. It really is. That's a, it's a good way how you said that about climbing that mountain again. Um, I know we talked about that with the Saints after we won our Super Bowl next year at training camp kind of talking about how hard it's going to be to get to the top of this mountain again. But like coach Payton was stressing to kind of the new guys and the draft picks and the free agents that we had just brought in that weren't with the Super Bowl team. Coach Payton was trying to tell them that you won't believe how incredible it is at the top of this mountain. Like you won't believe it. It's hard. It's really hard to get to the top, but wait till you're at the top. He said, it's like nothing you'll experience. You know, and it was kind of like, it is that hard to get there, though. It yeah. really is. Phenomenal. Well, man, Jim, that was just a great breakdown. Thank thank you for your insight, as always. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun doing this podcast with you. And, and hopefully it's just the beginning. Yeah, so we got some off-season stuff to get going now and comp draft stuff. And uh, we'll, start, we'll, we'll have to start getting some good topics going. Yeah. Maybe some NBA. Your Hornets are starting to come on a little bit. They're starting to show signs of light. Hey. Took down the wind last night. Hey, ball is <laughs> he is putting it he's putting up some numbers. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my god. He can work some hornets into the conversation. I guess what the people yeah. want. They want that. Yeah. I, think, I think we always have to. Yeah, no doubt. Well well just so people know too, we're gonna keep this podcast going regularly through the off season. Um, figure out the cadence, but we wanna, you know, even do it more often than we have been. So it's gonna be a wild off season show. I mean, it's gonna be it's going to be nuts. I mean, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz now? He's in the news. Wentz is next. Deshaun Watson, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, what other quarterbacks do you want to throw that Kirk Cousins? I still think David Carr. I think there's something going on with Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. Right? Yeah, Carr. I'm sorry. Yeah, Derek Carr. Um, 
I know. Um, yeah, I just I feel like they're trying. They're gonna. Yeah, I think they're trying to trade him. So it's gonna be probably the most insane offseason we've had in a long time with quarterback movement. So keep it downloaded here. Let us know what you think, everybody. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And uh, we mentioned before that we were going to be at Hamburg Brewery on third last Thursday. So if you were there, we apologize. We had we had a, a sickness that I won't get into detail with. Mm. My, with my co-host, so back though, we're it. back. But we'll be back. We'll be back at we'll Hamburg time and uh, pumped to get there, drink some beer, meet people in person, talk some Bills, talk some NFL. Um, they're open, everybody. So please get to Hamburg, get some Louis IPA, the best IPA, and keep it uh tuned into GoLongTD.com too. Would would love it if you gave us a shot. Plug that email in. Subscribe. Seven a month, 70 a year. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ty Dunn. I'm going to throw out some deals and some specials uh, through the offseason too, like, like we always do. So we'd love to have you on board because um, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep this rolling 100 miles an hour because there is no offseason, Jim. There's no offseason. I'm football anymore. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.